When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett, post-Christmas. Rob, how was your holidays? Not too bad. Got the obligatory Christmas illness, so feeling a little Oh, never rough. really? Of oh, course. Yeah. I know, uh, feeling a bit rough today, so apologies to everyone who can hear it in my voice. But no, not too bad really, Christmas. Here we are, back with the Premier League. Um, I seem to say that every week now, don't we, when we finish the World Cup? It's like, oh, back to work, back to the mm-hmm. Premier League. But it is nice, isn't it? It's good to kind of, I've really enjoyed these first Premier League matches to try and uh, get my head back in the game. And it's just nice to kind of do what we do. This is this is the bit about football that we love. It's nice to see Man United going about their business in their first two games back post-World Cup with an aggregate score of 5 nil. <laughs> Interesting. Not that not the most difficult opposition in the world, granted, but I mean, I've just seen a tweet in the last few minutes, which basically says that United have only conceded four goals at Old Trafford this season, and I think th- I think they all came in the first few games of the season. And Brighton scored two in the opening game, and things are just like starting to settle down. Obviously, there's a there's a bunch of you know, difficult moments for fans to digest because Cody Gakpo's going to Liverpool and Man United don't have any money and all of this, Eric Ten Hag's operating with one hand tied behind his back, et cetera, et cetera. But there's, there are some positives, so we'll try and lift your mood a little bit if you're feeling a little bit down about missing out on another transfer target because I know that transfers are basically football matches these days and Man United have lost a football match to Liverpool over Cody Gakpo, haven't they? It's more like, I think, an EastEnders Christmas special, you know, where you hear, like I've said that before, I think, where he goes, you hear the doom, 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 dooga, dooga, and the drama hits and everyone goes, oh! Now, I'm not an EastEnders fan. I'm not a drama fan like that. But I think when you look at Man United, it is like that. People feel or think that that the kind of demise of Cody Gakpo's arrival at Old Trafford is the kind of beginning and end of something. And I think really the truth is it's neither. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about Gakpo today because we've got some more kind of information on that, why that deal went the way it did. Uh, We've extensively discussed the pros and cons of him coming to United and what that would have meant for some of the team. But I think the the real truth about it, Scott, is that thankfully it's a position that Man United are not particularly desperate for. They do need a goal scorer, but the left wing or the left side of the attack, United have got three very, very good players for that position. Yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. We'll talk about that today. A little bit later, we'll talk about potential alternatives 
that United could look at for Cody Gakpo. Obviously, there's talk now that United are only looking for loan deals uh, this month. Obviously, somebody like Victor Osman is not going to be signing this month anyway. So just get that out of your head. Uh, if anybody <laughs> was thinking that, we'll talk about the win over Forest, a 3-0 comfortable win, but it could have been a little bit different if that Forest uh, goal that was ruled out uh, correctly by VAR had been had stood. But a 3-0 win, you know, it should have been more. We'll talk about the scoring still being a problem. We'll talk about the Casemiro show, which he put on because he's just, I think he's starting to make fans think, wow, we've never seen a player like this before. Uh, we'll talk about Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Terrell Malassia, and anything else from last night's game. And then we'll get into some transfer chat as well because the January transfer window is coming up and Cody Gakpo is a part of that, even though he will not be joining Man United. Uh, Rob, we how many shows did we do on Gakpo? <laughs> I don't know. I, I do think, again, like in post-production, when we were looking at stuff, I seem to be saying the same thing as I was like, that show seems to be about Gakpo. We've done a lot of Gakpo. Let's stop doing Gakpo for a bit, but then you can't because as we would finish and put the show out, there'd be a new bit of fresh news about Gakpo. So it'd be like, oh, so it'd be like non-stop. But at least now we we can't. It's a bit like the Ronaldo factor for a player who doesn't play for us. We can now kind of go, yes, that happened. Yes, we acknowledged it. And this is how it went. But we don't need to talk about Gakpo anymore. But I'm sure in months to come when Gakpo's banging in goals at Anfield, we might all be kind of just looking to the side a little bit and going, he could have been doing that in a different colour red 26 miles down the road. But we're going to have to live with that. That's just how it goes. I think he'll be a great signer for Liverpool. But it's about building a squad and building the right profiles of players for the squad. And we'll talk about it later. I need to give you, I'll leave you on that cliff edge. We'll talk about it later. You can subscribe wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify and the likes and watch us. Usually twice a week, we'll be back to twice a week from the new year on Tuesdays and Fridays. Head over, head over to YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, join the community, leave a comment for us as well. Who should the alternative be to Cody Gakpo? Uh, and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. 3 uh, 0 against Nottingham Forest. Two goals early on from Marcus Rashford and Nancy Martial. Marcus Rashford obviously is getting a lot of plaudits at the moment, playing very well. I tweeted last night that it was just a few short months ago that United fans were demanding that Marcus Rashford was sold for a pittance. How football can change very, very quickly. And then a third goal, uh, Casemiro setting up Brazilian teammate Fred uh, for the... It, sh- it should have been more. It was 3-0. That goal was lovely, but it should have been more, shouldn't it, Rob? Like, What, what were your biggest takeaways from that performance as a whole? I think Manchester United did what they had to do. That was the most important thing. And I think that we're seeing this more under Eric Ten Hag than we were under the previous management because we're seeing a Man United team, I think, that's now savvy and actually knows how to get itself over the line, even if it's everything isn't clicking. So I think that was the case with, with the performance last night. It was a good performance, but it wasn't the perfect performance. And I think you can also see why Eric Ten Hag wants a goal scorer. And when we say the word goal scorer, again, fans are noting Visage number nine, say Visage Ronaldo's, that's what they're looking for. But I think when you look at the performance last night, it's really about that decision-making in the final third. Can they get that elite decision-maker there to help them score these goals that they do deserve? You know, at 2-0 last night, when Forrest got that goal, which was obviously offside, Forrest didn't deserve to be in the game. They didn't. They played okay, but they didn't deserve to be 2-1. But that kind of represented where Man United still are is that they can't quite kill teams off. They can be brilliant in the moment, 
But I think all the quality now is coming from the centre of the pitch going forward to try and get the ball into Rashford and Martial. And, and you know, we're going to talk about Casemiro today, but I think the fact that they've now got an elite midfield operator in there, my God, it takes the weight off you. It just allows you to go and play football at the right end of the pitch. And that takes all the fear factor out of maybe, are you going to lose this game on the counter-attack? You know, is someone going to just punch you in the face and it's over? So um, a good performance. And that happened loads, didn't it? Of course, every week. My God, the same script over and over again. United getting desperate, nil-nil, one-nil, those kind of games and not having the savviness to manage the result. And now United definitely have that. You know, you can't deny that the experience of Ericsson and Casemiro is a game changer for your central midfield because they just play the game in a very relaxed, proactive way. And they go and do their work and they get the ball down and they play football. And Man United haven't had that. You know, McFred, we're not doing that for you, you know. But then again, you see Fred scores the winning goal, winning goal last night and Fred can come on and do some of the more stuff that he likes to do up the top end of the pitch. So again, it's all balancing factors, but it always will come back down to, especially when you look at the goal difference being so horrific and it still is horrific. You've got to go and find a goal scorer, but I'm not subscribing to this whole number nine debate. You don't necessarily need a number nine. You need a player that complements your front five. How do you get that player? What do they do? Do they drop into number 10? Do they go wide? Do they come central? What is a striker in the modern day? And every club seems to be going in the same direction, Scott. Like Bar Haaland, it's more like Julian Alvarez's. That's the way the world goes now, I think, with central strikers. Man United have got Anthony Martial. He's not traditional number nine, is he? But he's playing number nine. So we're going to see, I think, a little bit more of this as time goes on. And I think this is what Ten Hag will do now. He's going to look for a central figure at the very least who can complement his pieces. Yeah, let's talk about... Let's talk Marcus Rashford, I guess, Mm. for a little while. Because... He was asked last night if he was in the form of his life. And he, he pretty much said no. He's, he's had good spells of form before, but he's 25 now, looking as confident as you've ever really seen him look since probably the days that he broke through and he, he thought, this is a doddle, I can do this. Uh, he's obviously had a difficult spell, but is really turning up as United's... Yeah, if there's a one player who's locked down that position on the left at the moment, obviously there's a bit of debate about whether Rashford should play through the middle or, or from the left or whether it should float in between. And that's part of the joy, I suppose, of not having a fixed number nine is Rashford can move in there, Martial can move out, and this this kind of thing, which I think should probably be preserved. Uh, and Gakpo, I think, is just... Yeah, he has difficult, different qualities to Marcus Rashford, but in terms of the, the positions he occupies, I think he's probably quite similar to what Rashford would want to do. Uh, what do you make of Rashford at the moment? Is He said last night that he would like to beat his record goal tally. So let's go down that avenue. How many goals can you see him getting this season? How many goals will he get this season? I think that's difficult to predict, but Marcus Rashford absolutely should be a 20 goals a season player at the very least, at the very least. Not just because of his own aspirations of how he wants to play the game, but there's the expectation at Man United and obviously, you know, what his function is. But more than that, and you just said it there about about the modern game, you know, how do you get goals? If you don't have a central striker that scores you all the goals, a la Ronaldo, a la Ruud van Nistelrooy going back over years, like Haaland now for City, you've still got to spread the joy. You've still got to have your set your main forwards 
scoring for you. And I think what you see with Marcus is that he gives you striker sensibilities in the channel. So when he gets that ball in the channel now, he's driving the ball, he's shooting more accurately, isn't he? He's being more deadly. And that all just comes from being relaxed. It's not about being confident or not confident. This is just about knowing what your job is. And I think this is the beauty of Ten Hag, is that he's such an elite communicator when it comes to instructions that players totally understand what he wants. And I think with Marcus Rashford, he's just saying to him, you know, you get in that spot, and when you're in that spot, you make sure we hit that target. And Rashford, that's easy. Rashford could go great. So I think you saw there with the goals last night. And even there was a pass later on, Scott, you know, when Anthony should have scored. Yeah. Rashford cuts in. And in the past, Rashford messes that up. He probably pulls it back, goes back to the line, maybe tries to double up with, with the fullback and whatnot. But he came in and he just fizzed the ball into feet, into Bruno, in, into the box. And Bruno laid it off to Anthony. Anthony should score, no doubt about it or at least do better. But Rashford's adding that to his game. And that's what I mean when I talk about creativity in the final third, is that it's great having goal scorers, but it's about how the team functions together. And I think the good thing we do know is that I think Martial fits those things for Rashford as he does for Bruno, as he does for the other players around him. And I think this is why we'll be okay as long as these boys stay fit. Because that's the key now. Can you keep them fit? Because I think in the rotation, Manchester United are still pretty weak. They do need a goal scorer in there with them. So I think with Rashford's form, great form. But it can it can go either way, can't it? You know, you can players' form comes and go goes. You've just got to hope that they they remain in that moment. And I think again, this Ten Hag's good at that. So I don't feel too down on it. I don't think that we're going to see a slide in Marcus Rashford anytime soon. It's the revival of the Rashford Martial combo from years and years ago. Uh, yeah. but they're, they're looking all right. Martial himself obviously had fitness issues and this kind of thing, but he needs to be bled back into the team pretty yeah. slowly, I think. And I think that his minutes were managed probably exactly correctly uh, in that game. Uh, good showing for him. I would imagine he will be holding down that number nine role until he gets injured again. <laughs> touch wood he doesn't uh, but one player that we've already mentioned and that we should probably dedicate a bit of time to is Casemiro because he I think he just looked like it was a wet night last night and the pitch was you know slippery it was like perfect conditions for football from the first minute Casemiro was out there charging around the pitch sliding like he was in school <laughs> and uh, I tweeted that he was like a year watching a year 11 who was really good at football you know charging around the pitch on a on a wet day against playing against like year sevens year eights and just taking the ball off people out muscling people passing the ball being sensible and he's just uh honestly i know rob we said for years and we are not the only ones who said this for years that united need a number six <laughs> but it seems so obvious to, to know that, yes, United needed a number six and look at the difference he's making to the team. He's just, he's a worldie, isn't he? Absolutely. And I think he's the perfect example of why Man United didn't necessarily need uh, a DMF. You know, he's a perfect example because he does so much more than defensive work. Yeah, he does. He's not he's not an Ndidi type player. He is more like Kante. He will get the ball. He will he will push the ball. He will pass it. He will become an extra uh, attacker when needed. And look at the goal. You know, I think with the third goal where he he robs the ball back because he just reads it when no one else is reading it. And then rather than 
maybe holding on to it in the final moments of the game. I'm going to turn around like a defensive midfielder would, turn around, give it back to a centre-back and slow it all down again. He looks up, he sees Fred in, he plays in his mate, and Fred takes the ball and the goal really, really well. So I think we're looking at Casemiro, we're looking at kind of importance of, of sign-ins. I think Casemiro might turn out to be the most important sign-in for Manchester United over the last decade. So that's the kind of praise I want to give him because it's all about know-how, how you play the game in the middle there. Yes, he can do the DMF role. He can do the number six role. Ten Hag was talking about that after the game and kind of said, we, we highlighted very early on that that was a style of play we needed. And when Casemiro became available, it was like it had to be him. And it just works and having Casemiro in there means that you can play Ericsson a little bit deeper having Casemiro in there does allow May Scott McTominay when he's in there to do kind of different things that maybe he was messing up on last year having to be more responsible and also having Casemiro in there allows you on a night like last night to play Luke Shaw at centre-back so you can do all that stuff that you just couldn't do without him being in the team and I think we're seeing now Casemiro how valuable he was to Real Madrid you know, like why he was such a stalwart in that team, why he was so important, why every Madrid manager liked him and loved him and wanted him because he's no nonsense, but yet he's got something about him, isn't he? There is a dynamic in his play, like you just said there, the sliding around. It's like that thing, isn't it, when you're 12 and you start your slide tackle six seconds before you get to the ball. That's, that's exactly just, what it is. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> as you go across the screen like that and you time it to perfection, or of course, you do what Malassi did a couple of times last night and actually just belt someone. Uh, but that happens as well. I, I'm surprised we didn't see Aaron Wambasaka kind of do his, slide, his famous slide tackles in that wet weather. But that was horrible weather to play football in. And yet United managed to play with control. And I was quite impressed with that because I saw the conditions before the game and I thought, this is tricky now because the ball's going to have to be a bit more in the air because the ball just wasn't rolling properly. I think uh, Michael Owen said, uh, before the game, actually, I think uh, Alan Shearer said it as well. He's like, oh, it's really, you can zip the ball around on a wet surface, but not on a flooded surface. Yeah. Like, oh my God. So United did really well to be able to compete, keep that ball moving because the pitch was as flooded as I've ever seen it as Old Trafford for many, many years. The ball was just rolling and then splash. And you were like, oh, not good conditions for good football. It is only not in a forest. Uh, do take it with Isn't a pinch it? of salt. Uh, they weren't great. <laughs> and... Obviously, they, they've beaten Liverpool this season, but that was at home. But generally, they've been probably the worst team in the league for the for the season so far. But in its own way, <laughs> United used to make really difficult work of that kind of match, didn't they? So it's a, yeah. it's a positive to see that United have dealt with that pretty swiftly, pretty quickly, pretty simply. They play Wolves next, which is uh, at Molyneux. Obviously, United get to go to a, diff a relatively difficult away ground with another new manager bounce. Mm. Uh, Lopetegui in there getting a win at Everton the other day. That'll be a difficult one. But I think if United really have their full complement of players or close to that, then I really think that they should be considering themselves favourites for this match and winning it. It'll be a difficult one, don't get me wrong. But I think this is one that they should be looking to continue their momentum for. 
Yeah, very quickly. Like Lopetegui's been there all of five minutes, and I think you can see with the, the team or how they want to play, it's all his DNA. So I, I think that they will try and suck a United onto them and play counter attack because they've got all that incredible pace, especially in the wider areas and also from fullback. And I think you look at United, if they go and play their game, Scott, with their now kind of newfound identity in the midfield with Casemiro, with Ericsson, and you can keep that core fit then you can go to places like Wolves with a lot more confidence. That's that's the key, I think, here, is that you might have lost your Ronaldo, you might have lost your striker, you might have lost someone who can put the ball in the net, but it's more about how you build up that play. And then also how you then play on the counter-press, because that's the beauty, again, against playing the Wolves. The Wolves are going to try and hit you on a counter-attack, therefore you can play counter-press. And if you play counter-press, that plays into the hands of Rashford, that plays into the hands of Martial, it plays into the hands of Anthony, doesn't it? You can get going really quickly. So, uh, yeah, this is the kind of game where you're more now interested to see the game rather than feeling any fear, which I think a year ago you might have thought, all oh, going to Wolves, don't like the idea of that. Now you're thinking, OK, let's have a punch up with you. Let's see what we can do, because I think we can hurt you as much as you can hurt us. So who starts at fullback in that game? Because uh, we did want to move on to this. You wanted to talk a little bit about Terrell Malassia and Aaron mm. Wambasaka. I was going to bring Wambasaka to the table anyway. Uh, Obviously, Luke Shaw started at centre-back. You'd think by then, maybe Lisandro Martinez will be back from his holiday uh, post-World Cup win, or Harry Maguire or Victor Lindelof uh, will be relatively ready to go again, and maybe they'll start alongside Rafa Varane. Mm. Diogo Dallo still injured. There's no word yet on whether he will be back for that Wolves game. But which one do you want to start on, Rob? Because Melassia, obviously getting his chance, you're not so convinced. But I think on Warren Wambasaka, we were both convinced that this this is the end. But I didn't want to give him, you know, we were playing Burnley the other day and you think, oh, it was an impressive performance, but it's Burnley. And now you've seen him put in a similar performance to that against mm. Forrest as well. And he's starting to think, has he got, has he turned it around here? Yeah, like I, I think we'll, we'll talk about both players, I think, in the same breath, because I think it is valid. Because I think when you look at Malassia, maybe like how he's played coming to Man United, and then you look at Wan-Bissaka, maybe his fall in form over the last 12 months, there's a lot of likability factor in, in this kind of debate. So people like Malassia. They like how he plays, you know, heart on his sleeve, you know, runs into people, smashes into people, always energetic, always wants to play. But that's kind of what Wambasaka was doing two years ago. You know, oh, look, he's the best defensive fullback in the world. He slide tackles everything. He's so strong. But the problem was you couldn't pass a ball, Scott. It's really, really bad, isn't it? Like it's, That's a problem for a fullback in the modern game. But in a very small snapshot of what we've seen now with Wambasaka since he's come back, I would say there's some kind of absolutely being clinical about it. I don't think that Malassia is any better than Wambasaka. I don't. I don't see anything in Malassia's game that gives me confidence to think that he is this all-expansive future fullback who will one day be a starter. I think he's a good squad player. He was very good at Feyenoord. He's a Dutch international. But I think even you saw last night, he's actually quite crude in how he plays the game. And I mean that in the nicest possible sense. You know, I don't mean that he's the worst footballer in the world, but he's not actually a great footballer. That's the problem. So I think when you look at Wan-Bissaka on the, on the flip side, on the other side of the pitch, especially now that you're, you haven't got Delow for a little while, we don't know obviously the full depth of his injury. You could see that there is a player somewhere in there, somewhere in there. And if you go and sell him to Crystal Palace for peanuts tomorrow, 
and he goes there, I can kind of see him doing quite well. And I can see him at the end of the season coming back. So you've got to decide whether you can use him now and that, he, and that he's a viable product on that right-hand side or not. And I think the good thing about uh, Wan-Bissaka is that he's very much pointing that way now, like put me into the box, put me in on this side. And that tells me that the manager's got in his head because he wasn't doing that a few months ago. What he was doing was he was hanging around outside the box going, not my job. I'm not into this. I don't want to do that because I can't cross a ball. Now he's at least getting involved in that play. So good things for Wan-Bissaka potentially coming up going forward. I think with Malassia, the more I see him when he starts, the more I edge away in a kind of Alex Tellers way. I kind of go, <laughs> yeah, you're an international and yeah, you're not terrible, but there's something about your game that doesn't quite fit the Premier League. And I think with uh, with Malassia, he's got a long way to go to get anywhere near usurping Luke Shaw. Like Luke Shaw is the real deal at left back and can do all those things. And I think we might see Luke Shaw play central uh, left side in the future again. I don't think that was the last time, I think especially when you want a left-sided, left-footed centre-back. And if you don't go and buy one, then Luke Shaw now gives you an option inside there, especially with Malazzi on the outside. Um, but yeah, it's a wait and see. I think with, with Wan-Bissaka, he's certainly, he certainly helped his case, hasn't he? If he wants to stay at Man United, I think he could compete with Delow on that side. I really do. He's a different kind of player, but that's not a bad thing. I think the, the fact that he's shown the aptitude that he can, you know, bring that different level of performance and that different attitude. Yeah. It surprised me a little bit. I've got, I've got to say, I'm very impressed. Uh, I know it's only a case study of two matches, uh, and you'd think when Dallow is fit, you'd come straight back in. But what Wan, we, we all know what Wan-Bissaka can do. It's just mm. always been the question of what he can't do. And if he's showing uh, abilities to improve or add different elements to his game in an attacking sense, then you know why go and spend another $30 million on another player? Yeah. And that's exactly the logic that Eric Ten Hag will be using because this is a whole thing. We talk, we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Man United's finances later, but of course there is not a lot of money knocking around, you know, hidden under the couch or somewhere at Old Trafford. Uh, it is what it is. So you've got to kind of make concessions somewhere and say, well, can we get more from this player? And I, and I think with Wambasaka, I, I still I think he is responsible for his game and his form. And his development, in the same way that, say, Marcus Rashford is. You know, we look about Rashford not playing well last year and now playing well. I think you have to congratulate the player on that. But I think when you look at Aaron Wambasaka, uh, for him, a lot of the problems historically were that guy inside him. And I'm not talking Rafa Varane. I'm talking Victor Lindelof. So I think that the issue of Lindelof being slow and ponderous and leaving the channel open always meant that Wambasaka was thinking... I got to think about what's behind me and the modern fullback can't do that. The modern fullback has to go forward. You have to do that as part of your duties. Um, and again, Ten Hag spoke about that, about players have knowing their roles. And I think this is all it is. I think the player knows his role a little bit more and inside him now he's got Raffle Varane fit. So that's a big difference for, for playing expansive football. So it's a let's wait and see. And on the, on the, on the least case scenario, United are creating a market for Wambasaka because I think this version of him would, There'd be 10 Premier League clubs that would want him. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And he would start for them. Or on the flip side, you could say, right, now Delo's got proper competition and we might be able to rotate at right back because we've got a player who's now viable once again. 
yeah, Ten Hag said he was fit uh, along those lines, and he, you know, we're seeing a different level of performance from him. That's the first half of the show done in terms of us talking about the game against Forest. Let us know in the comments if or how many goals you think Marcus Rashford will get this season. If there's a future at Man United for Aaron Wan-Bissaka, is Casemiro the best defensive midfielder in the world? I saw that debate going around last night. Casemiro or Rodri? And I was like, well, I know Rodri's good for City, but Casemiro's been winning Champions Leagues and he's managed to do something that nobody has ever done. And that's fixed Man United's awful midfield so, by the seams of it. And that takes a miracle worker. So I'm sticking with Casemiro. But uh, let's let's move on, Rob, to the, the topic of the day. Uh, Cody Gakpo is going to Liverpool by the looks of it. Uh, he will be uh, in Merseyside for the next over the next few days. I'm not sure exactly when they'll be wrapping this deal up, but it's pretty close. PSV confirmed the deal was agreed with Liverpool on Monday night. Obviously, the first thing everyone thinks of is, haha, Man United have messed it up again. Uh, Liverpool's still on the march on United. This was a player that United really, really wanted. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a difficult one to take, I think, in terms of... I think there's two elements to this. <clears throat> we'll talk about the fact that I don't actually think that he was the perfect fit. And I've, I've, not, I've said this since the very start, and you can go back and check previous episodes as well. I think that he's quite a similar profile to the kinds of players that United already have on the books. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's another player out there that would be a better fit for the actual squad itself. And it's all about... Ten Hag talks about building the squad. You don't want to overload with the same profile of player, even if they have subtle differences. I said that from the start. But the problem that the problem is that United have been very publicly, well, they haven't done much to distance themselves from this speculation that they wanted him. Eric Ten Hag wanted him. United <laughs> were in pole position, and then Liverpool have come out of nowhere and taken the player off him. That's the perception that the world has of Man United at the moment. And it's only now since the news has come out that there's people from United saying, oh, we didn't want, we didn't want Gakpo anyway. Ten Hag wanted Cody Gakpo. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. He did. He wanted Cody Gakpo. Ten Hag wants the best for his squad. He, he probably wanted Cody Gakpo and another striker. That's just what the manager would want, right? Yeah. So there's two elements to this, Rob, isn't there? What, where do you want to start with this? Well, let's let's start the story of what what happened, where we are, and kind of why we are here at this moment. Because it is, without a doubt, an embarrassment for Manchester United. It is because player has gone to Liverpool when you had the player, and pretty much everything was agreed. Uh, and now we kind of have to dis- discuss why that happened. You know, how did it end up being like this, and what's the real truth around a lot of it? So let's start, Scott, in the summer. Let's go back to the summer, and let's go back to Anthony signing from Ajax. So. People have said that that kind of Ajax, uh, the way they were playing it with Anthony, that that's why Manchester United were investigating Gakpo. Yes and no. They don't really play the same positions, do they? It's not really one's on the left, one's on the right. That's why you're buying them. I think I suggested at the time, when especially this was when United hadn't spent a lot of money at that point, I was saying, well, what you probably could go for both. They're negotiating for both. So there is a, there's a logic here that Manchester United want one for the left and one for the right. Could have gotten for 100 million, Scott. Like, could have got Gakpo for a much reduced fee than what he signed for, for for Liverpool. So, we know what happened. United went with Anthony. They went with Casemiro. That was the other side of it. Money kind of going out the door. Signed a contract with Ericsson. And they tell Gakpo. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Go and play football and we'll come back for you if we can. But if we don't, then we don't. So the player understands that and accepts it because he wants to play for PSV. He's fine with it. So that's where we were in the summer. And that's when. So we fast forward now to where we are. Cody Gakpo is one of the hottest players in Europe. He's had a good World Cup. He's played really well for PSV. He's got these incredible stats from the left-hand side in the channel. He's also playing number 10. Kind of showing that he is a, a potentially great forward in anywhere the front line. And if he's at a better team, you would think he would score more goals even. And Ten Hag has always loved him. Ten Hag's always wanted him. He's always been on the radar. Again, the way you have to look at this is there's not a lot on the January transfer window radar, is there? There's not a lot of quality. When you look, dig down on it, it's all loans that you're a bit iffy about. The only player I think who's got true form and true quality in his boots at the moment is Cody Gakpo. So where did, where did that lead us? So Manchester United had spoken to PS3 continually about a player. Ten Hag's agent is Gakpo's agent. And that's one of the real damning points of all of this. Like they've both got the same representative, but there are other players around the deal, no doubt about it. And Manchester United really did believe this this deal was done. They believed it was going to be around 44 million. The player absolutely made overtures that he was only wanting to go to Man United. But there was no other offers for him except Leeds at one point, I think, going back. Southampton as well were in there. And Southampton. So, yeah, he's not really interested in going to like these mid-range Premier League teams. He wanted a big team. Manchester United sat on their hands and thought, we'll do what we do because this is how we do our conservative business. And what happened? Liverpool came in with shock and awe. They came in with a really, really good package. PSV had let Man United know that their big stumbling point was the structure of the deal. They wanted a deal over four years with significant add-ons. And Man United went, okay, yeah, we'll give you 10 million add-ons. 
and that's how we'll do it. And it'll be 44 million and you'll have to like it or lump it. And Liverpool came in and went, we'll give you more. We'll give you 50 or best part of 50 might even rise to above that. We don't know the exact figures. And then they had to convince Gakpo and they convinced Gakpo very quickly because they've got Virgil van Dijk. So that's the story of Cody Gakpo and why he was coming to Man United and didn't come to Man United. But it's like you just said there at the top, Scott. Does this really hurt Man United in terms of the position? No. United have got Garnacho, Rashford and Sancho who can all play off the left. And Anthony Martial. We forget that. And Alanga. And Alanga, <laughs> you know, who probably won't be at the club very soon. I think yeah. we will probably see him go out on loan to Everton. I think that will be done very soon. Um, but you've got options in that part of the park. But it does not stop and deny the fact that Ten Hag wanted this player desperately and Man United desperately need a goal scorer. So you need something in there that plays that function. We just said about Casemiro. I'm not going to call Casemiro a defensive midfielder, Scott. He is a number six. That's the modern kind of way of, of being expansive. United don't need a number nine. They need a forward, someone that can bleed the attack, help them create, score, dip deeper into the number 10 position at times, help Bruno, help Ericsson, all of those things. That's the play you're looking for. And I actually think Gakpo does fit that profile better than some people think because he does play off the left, but he does play in this more central, deeper role. He plays the number 10 really well, scores goals and can create. That's why he's got these amazing stats from that part of the park. So you've lost him. He's come and gone. He's going to do great things at Anfield. I've got no doubt about it. You've got to remember when, you, when Liverpool signed Mane and when they signed Salah, no one thought those two players would do anything at Liverpool. People were like, oh, they're good players. But, you know, even Salah, you forget, he was at Roma, you know, and he'd been at Chelsea and sat on their bench. So players can go, I think, and play for Klopp and he can make them great players. I think Cody Gakpo is going to prove in the next six to 12 months that he's a great player. I think he's going to score a lot of goals for Liverpool and we're going to be a bit sick about that. But at the same time, Man United have other pressing concerns in the squad that are not the left side of the attack. So you just need to go and get a forward now that can put the ball in the back of the net when you're in that final third. Yeah, obviously, Rob, we've mentioned the, the alternatives that they do have in that position. United did want Gakpo in the summer. United have wanted Gakpo for, for a while, you know, mm. since Ten Hag's been there. Uh, but Gon and Alejandro Garnacho was not the first team prospect that he is now at the mm. start of the season. He's obviously taken to this this role a lot easier than I think most people would have thought. He's still mm. a young player. Maybe he's he's a dependable squad option that you can use now, right? So, for example, yeah. that's another player that's been ticked off. He's not he's not the same profile of player that Gakpo is, but he would no. occupy that same position. Gakpo himself has been quoted as saying, "I don't like playing with my back to goal." Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that it doesn't necessarily doesn't really matter. But there are there are limited options on the market. But I think one of the things that I would prefer to see is that United don't jump into deals just because, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just be oh, there's a there's Cody Gakpo. Let's let's just just go get him because he's Cody Gakpo. Ten Hag yeah. talks about building a squad and building the right options, and I feel like this is probably the part of the pitch where United have the most options to choose from. If anything, the, the right side looks a little bit light still. I know they signed Anthony and maybe Sancho will move out there. Rashford moves out there, but they're not natural fits on that side. Obviously, United need a number nine. There's a position in central midfield alongside Casemiro, which needs attention. Right centre-back probably needs attention down the line. Right back probably needs attention down the line unless Juan Basaka can fix things. Uh, you know, I completely agree, though. This is 
a great signing for Liverpool and they've done Man United over here because of the perception that people had and the interest that United had in the player themselves. Uh, Liverpool have won out here. He'll score a ton of goals for Liverpool, I'm sure. And he probably fits their squad a little bit better, especially in the the in the immediacy. They've got injuries to Luis Diaz and Diego Jota, two players who can play that position. Darwin Nunes can maybe play left or through the middle. Gakpo can play the same. So I think for the next three months, you'll probably see him get into grips at Liverpool and scoring a few goals, right? Yeah, totally. And I think this is why Liverpool have like pushed the, the the boat out to get the player in the fashion that they did in this kind of shock and awe style. Uh, I think when you look at maybe the last week, week or two for Liverpool, if you think about how poor they were maybe coming out the back end of the season before the World Cup and the issues that they had, moving forward into this year, there's no doubt they've got a lot of faith in Jota and Diaz, but Jota and Diaz are injured. And I think this is my own theory in talking to people from in and around Liverpool, I think Klopp's had a really good look at Darwin Nunes in the last week Mm -hmm. or two and gone, Darwin Nunes might miss more chances than he scores. Now, I think Darwin Nunes will still score goals and I think he allows you to play as a number nine. But didn't we talk about him before when Man United were linked with Darwin Nunes? Is that he's a player who again likes to come off from the left, can likes to play that channel, likes to kind of uh, ghost in behind and then kind of be a number nine. we're seeing that he is going to take time to become a finisher. So what do you need to go and buy? Liverpool going to go and bought a finisher. That's what they've done. And Man United need a finisher. So this is the balancing point is that I totally don't think it's catastrophic for United as long as you keep all your players fit. It's all about how the versions of 4-3-3 that you want to play, Scott. You know, if you're going to play three forwards at the top end of the pitch, they're going to have to be versatile, like Gakpo, like Nunes, and like Salah. That's the kind of blueprint. That's what Liverpool are doing. United are the same. You know, Rashford, Martial, Anthony, and then the other moving parts around that. And if you get Sancho back in there, happy days. But it's a wait and see, isn't it, with Sancho? So this is why I think United wanted Gakpo at 44 million. Because what can you get as a starter at 44 million in a modern market? There's nothing in the world at 44 million. If Brandon Williams has a good season, he's suddenly worth 44 million. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a weird world that we live in when we talk about transfers. But the money that PSV wanted was very doable for Man United. So that was, I think, part of this, is why United were so keen and why Liverpool have just pulled the, pulled the button on it and gone, yeah, let's do it, pull the trigger, because we can afford this, we can do it now, and we will help our attack. So I'm with you. I think that he'll do really, really well at Liverpool. And and I think he'll come a superstar at Liverpool. I really do. I, I know there's a lot of people saying, no, he's not that good, or is he as good as Rashford, or is he as good as Sancho could be? And was, It doesn't matter. What you need is what you need. You need a goal scorer to help everyone else. Man United still need to find that, and that's what they'll be shopping for, both in January, but also in the summer. Is that, though, more of a mould for the number nine position? We'll talk about that in a second. I just did want mm. to make a point. You mentioned there, Jaden Sancho, and you mentioned, we talked about Cody Gakko's numbers, numbers so far this season. I think, I, I forget off the top of my head, but I know he's got around about 18 to 20 goal contributions in the league this year, which is really mm-hmm. good. Uh, I forget the exact number breakdown. But... Considering he is a, he can play 10, he can play left, he can play through the middle, and maybe he's one of the players that floats in between. Jaden Sancho, for example, we talked about this before we started recording, Rob. In 2019-20, Jaden Sancho had 17 Bundesliga goals and 17 assists. And you look at Gakpo's numbers now and you think, oh, well, look at those numbers. You add them into United's team and then that United just become so much better. You've got a player that you can't get, you can't get working, who's given 
the types of goal contributions, 17 and 17 in the season, the, the exact season that they wanted him. They meant to sign him in 2020, but they didn't, obviously. He's put those numbers up in the Bundesliga. Apparently he's doing nothing. So this is a this is a player that, you know, would come in and Gakpo would probably come and stand over in, in terms of the pecking order. Sancho would have to be shifted out to the right-hand side. And then what do you do with this player that you just signed for 80-odd million a few years ago, who's putting up the same numbers that Gakpo is in a more difficult league? So there's a lot of things that United need to think about. And is that money the exact right investment for that right player? I, I mean, I've never never been completely sold on this. And maybe Liverpool fans will listen to this and if there's any listening and think, oh, you're just sour about this. You're trying to make excuses. Don't get me wrong. United have been embarrassed here. Absolutely embarrassed. But I don't think it's it's not catastrophic for Man United. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not catastrophic for Man United unless Gakpo in the next two years becomes the best forward in the world and becomes like Liverpool's salary replacement long term and Liverpool in the league with Gakpo being the hero. So yeah, you're right. It's a bit like the Mane thing when Mane went from Southampton to Liverpool. It wasn't the end of the world, was it? None of us cried about it, but we all went. He might be a very good player in years to come, and he was. And he helped Liverpool win the Premier League and the Champions League, very much so. So there is that, but we can't live in the future in that way. We can only live in the now and uh, here and now. So what you say about Sancho is completely correct. Now, I don't subscribe to this whole Farmers League thing that we hear on Twitter all the time. You know, anything that's not the Premier League is the Farmers League and they're not very good. But it is easier to put up good metrics, especially those double-doubles of assists and goals in the smaller leagues. So the Eredivisie is one of those. And like the Bundesliga, I wouldn't say it's a smaller league, but it is the Bayern Munich league with their friends, Borussia Dortmund, and that's kind of it. So you got, you've got that side of it. Sanchez, Sancho proved that he was that t- kind of player in, the, in, in Germany and that he could be an expansive player. And that's what we saw and that's what we wanted at Man United. It's not quite worked out for him yet, but he does still play for you. And he <laughs> has only been at the club a relatively short period of time. Like, let's be honest. And Man United's forward line and... And as a team, it's only started to tick in very recent times. So I don't think that as much as Eric Ten Hag will be gutted he didn't get Cody Gakpo, and he will be, and he is, he will not be happy with that. I also don't think that it's the same level as maybe other parts of the pitch. So like when he went to go and buy Martinez at centre-back, I think he'd be really gutted if he couldn't get that over the line. So Martinez went to Arsenal now, Uh and Arsenal were top of the league. Hmm you might have been looking at that transfer very differently and going, oh, well, Martinez has helped transform them. Well, no, they've done it themselves without Martinez. Man United themselves are a better team with Martinez in it, aren't we? We think we'd all say that. He's now a World Cup winner. I think when you look at kind of Gakpo, we'll see what happens in the future. But I don't think as it stands now that it's so much of an issue. And I think that's more about actually Garnacho because Garnacho is giving you minutes off the bench and can be a starter. We forget he scored that brilliant goal at Fulham to win the game before the, before the World Cup. That seems like years ago now, but it was recent. So you've got options. And I think that that is why United might now kind of look for a centre-forward to kind of complement that line. But saying this all, Scott, when you look at Martial's metrics in the middle when he started as a number nine, he is absolutely elite numbers. Elite mm-hmm. numbers in creativity. He does the press. He keeps control of the ball. He doesn't lose it. He knits things together. He scores goals. He gets assists. He does it. He does all those things. So what are you really looking for? This is the whole thing. Like, what are you really looking for? Are you looking for a number nine? Or or do we get too caught up in what a number nine means? And I know we all think striker. Well, there's not many Harlands on the market. There's not many strikers. So you have to go and do something different. So let's move on 
to who's next then? Because like the fact of the matter is we talked in this show already and United are lacking. They, they need to make things up. Obviously, Marcus Rash is coming into form. Anthony Martial's mm. back from injury. Anthony mm. is not firing properly yet. You've got Garnacho who's breaking through. You've got Jaden Sancho who has physical and, you know, uh, mental issues at the moment which uh, hopefully are fixed up pretty soon and he's back in a red shirt quite soon but that's five players into three positions we talked about Anthony Alanga we got Palistri whose jury's out remains to be seen who do we add to that to pick up the slack in a sense let's say Anthony Martial goes down injured again and do you put then Marcus Rashford who said after the game against Forrest, that his preferred position is from the left-hand side. He said that many times before, but just to confirm, that's what he preferred. He likes to drift in that space, gets a lot of chances that way, scores a lot of goals that way. If you can keep him happy, and everybody knows he's got a... He can, he can score 20 goals a season. Like, any any United fan knows, really, that if you get him right and you get him fit all the time with his mentality right, he's a player that can deliver a lot of goals for you. But... Ideally, you want to keep Martial or Rashford on that left side. So who fits that gap if Martial does go down injured or if you want to play a little bit of a different style? So a few names I'm going to throw at you, Rob. Uh, the two most linked are Joao Felix and Memphis Depay, who we've done on the show before. They are probably, I think, the Joao Felix thing is a, is a very difficult deal to do in January. Uh, I know that Atletico Madrid... He's pretty much looking to get out of there. Atletico Madrid would like to let him go as well. But he's going to come with a £100 million fee on his head in the summer, even if he leaves on loan this month. You've got Victor Osimhen, who is at Napoli, could end up firing Napoli to their first league title in decades since uh, since Maradona's team. Benjamin Sesco, we talked about before. And then the other one is Harry Kane, who it's just it's not coming out from the traditional press. Too much yet, but I can just see this happening. If Spurs continue to flunk like they've been doing, I know they, they played well to come back the other day, but they're, they're essentially not playing first-half football at the moment. Uh, there's a there's seven, seven teams that are trying to get into four places with the Champions League places. Newcastle are in that mix now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if United get it and Spurs don't and United are looking for a striker, you know where that speculation is going to come from. You know that that's going to happen. He's the exact profile of player, but I would also just suggest this before I let you speak, Rob. We saw what Anthony Mar- what happened to Anthony Martial before when Zlatan Ibrahimovic signed. He lost his shirt number and he had a bit of a... kicked up a fuss a little bit and he just lost a bit of confidence. And it, it's taken years to get him back to anything like what we know he can be. So is signing a Victor Osimhen, for example, if Martial is fit and firing again and he shows that he can stay fit for long periods of time. Is that the right thing to do? Very difficult, isn't it? Like, again, Ten Hag talking about Martial and his fitness said, it's quite key, this, quite interesting. He went, anti-Martial, nothing wrong with his match fitness. Anti-Martial can play 90 minutes with his eyes closed. The issue is the breaking down. So like breaking down in training, breaking down in the warm-up, breaking down in games where injuries occur. Now, because of that and because of Martial's record with with injuries in the last couple of years, and he himself talked about it before he went out on loan. He talked about it's really struggling to stay fit. If that continues to be the, the narrative over the next 12 months, 
and you've got to go and find an alternative. So like you just said, that so happens today. Say so we're doing the podcast and we get messages. Anthony Marshall has broken down on his rest day or he's dropped something on his foot at home and he's broke his foot. He's out for three months. You're in trouble. You haven't really got a player who can play centre forward, but you kind of have, because it's not about the number nine. It's not about being a striker. It's about who can dip in and out. So you just said there, Marcus Rashford. It's interesting. Marcus is now saying a lot about that, about my favourite positions on the left, because for two or three years, he would always say my favourite position on the left, but I want to be a striker. I want to play for the middle. You say it all the time, all the time. I want to play for the middle. Now he doesn't really talk about it anymore because his best performances come from the left and we know it does. And actually he's had quite good performances from the right. Like look at England, you know, he comes on, plays on the right, scores those goals. That was from the right-hand side of the pitch, not the left. So you've got options, but it's about expanding those options, Scott. And like you just mentioned those five players, there, so we'll dip in a little bit. I think when you look at it, the perfect player for me, if you were going to buy any, any forward in world football, and I include Gakpo in this. Like we talked about Gakpo's suitability. I would love Victor Osman. Like I think he's the player now that if you could just go and steal him from Italy and bring him to England and put him in your team, great. It's not happening. It's not going on at the moment. So that's not going to happen in, in, in this window. It might happen in the next window. I think once his market's built, and obviously if he has another great season, stays fit, all of those things. I think a lot, of, a lot of teams are going to be putting a lot of money on the table for him. And if Man United have got new owners, might well be the marquee signing that you go for. But what do you do now? Well, I do think that Man United are exploring the loan options here. I think this is kind of quite obvious as well. They're putting that out. It's coming from Man United. They're looking at loan options. And they have looked at loan options, even going back into the last window. And they're all kind of bubbling up again. So, yep, Jao Felix is very much an option. Can you do a kind of deal like that wages deal with the club, Athletic Madrid, will they want the player to go? Does the player want to come? You know, does the player want a, want a permanent deal? I think probably a player of that standard might want that. Or does he want to just play football regularly? I don't know. But then the other player, and you've mentioned him a lot in the past, is Memphis Depay. So Memphis is, is a international footballer again. He knows Manchester United. He knows what the job is. But is he perfect for you? So neither of those two, to me, are striker number nine Ronaldo type finishing central fulcrums they're not they wander they play off the left and the right they kind of get involved and that actually makes them more viable for Ten Hag I think Ten Hag wants a player like that and that's why he wanted Gakpo so whether we say that Gakpo's the perfect striker or not we know he's not the perfect striker but on the marketplace there's even less options so I think they're the main two the other guy we've talked about in weeks and months gone by a young lad called Sesco who you like a lot and I like a lot I think he would be the perfect candidate if you were going for someone young to pair up with the players that you've got. But again, there's there's so much kind of drama factor to that one because so many teams would want him because he kind of has got that next big next big thing tag, you know, caught to his t-shirt. So there are some good options there, Scott. They're really Man United are not short of options. Now Gakpo is, is off the market. But it's more about what do people define of the need? Do you need a striker or do you need a goal scorer or do you need someone that integrates everything? And I'm in the latter camp. I think you need someone that integrates that front five so you can press, that you can push forward. And when you get the ball, you can play one, twos and you're in the box. The perfect player for that in the squad at the moment through the middle is Anthony Martial. And I'm not a big Martial fan. 
I'm really not. I'm not part of Martial FC. I've never <sighs> looked at him that way. He's a good player. When he's good, he's really good. And when he's bad, he's really bad. But it's up to this manager, isn't it, to get better consistency out of him and keep him on the football pitch. That's why he got pulled after six five minutes last night, because you're trying to keep him on a football pitch for the weeks and months ahead. You don't want him to wander into the 80th minute, twist his ankle and lose him for six weeks. So Martial can do the job. And he's already he's already on your wage bill. But can you get another player that helps in that front line? Yes, you can. There, there are players out there, but it just may not be your perfect choice now. It's more likely to be a Henrik Larsson type signing than it is a Victor Osman type signing. You're going to have to dig to get Henrik Larsson would be a good signing, wouldn't yeah. he? Like, and that's what. But see, that's what you're really looking for. Like uh, again, a few names banded around in the last 24, 48 hours, and you're kind of looking down the food tree a little bit. You know, you're looking at a Danny Ings type player. Could you go and get a player like him on loan who maybe is falling out of favour a little bit? Or could, could you go to a football club where there's a decent centre forward who can play in a front five and press and do different things? They're, they're out there, Scott. But you've got to go find them. You've got to go and investigate them. Man United are not digging in those markets yet, but United are trying to cast that net far and wide because now they've been embarrassed about Gakpo. Be absolutely sure that the PR machine at Man United will be looking for a forward. They will be like, ah, oh, we need to go get someone now. So we can at least we can say, oh, we didn't want Gakpo. You know, we wanted this guy. You know, we're going to just pay him a lot of money. You know, kind of Ronaldo-esque, isn't it? You know, so you're looking for that forward. No doubt someone from the World Cup, I think, who's probably had a good World Cup and you could sell... Might well be Memphis. I think I, 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 you know, I would not, I wouldn't bet against Memphis Depay ending up in a Man United shirt in the next few weeks. I was just you robbed my next question. Who do you think it'll be? Uh, I, to be honest, that one looks in the circumstances looks the most likely to me. We've seen uh, speculation about Shao Felix. I mean, that is yeah. the, the amount of money that Atletico Madrid bought him for, the amount of money yeah. that he's on, the position that United are in. I can't yeah. see that one happening. I, I would like it to happen. Don't get me wrong. I think he would be that player who can knit things together. Uh, but I think a, probably a more likely option would be the likes of Memphis Depay. And I don't think that's... Uh, Rob, You in the summer yeah. we spoke about Memphis and you weren't so sure. I'm kind of curious to see if he can come back to United and right the wrongs of his first spell. But has uh, your position changed? I think if we could predict the next few months and we could predict that there'd be no injuries at all, and Man United players stay fit and you're okay. I'd sign no one. <laughs> then I would sign no one. Yeah, I'd yeah. be all right with it. I'd go, yeah, that's fine. But you're you're this is why I'm saying that you probably need an auxiliary talent in the front line rather than just saying out and out, you know, goal merchant rather than someone who just taps the ball in, but you do need a goal scorer. So Memphis Depay definitely falls into that category, but he also falls into the category of not being very good quite often. So, you know, is, is he any better than Martial? Absolutely not. No, I think Martial's as good as him. And when Martial's on his best day, I think he's got more uses than Memphis. Um, I don't know in Memphis. Like, I, I, I always quite often think about, does a player deserve a move also? Like in my head, I like, does he deserve to be at our football club? And sometimes you need a player to come in. So you just got to, you know, bite the bullet and get the player and try and integrate him. But it, it's all a little bit like, it's... It, like you're trying to find that player from like a magic player that no one's seen and that you just pluck them out and go, oh yeah, look at this player. Just, it, it doesn't 
really happen. It's so rare, you know, especially with the way the marketplace is. So, you know, can you go get your, uh, you know, is it that Bettino or someone like that? Someone that, that you go and get. What is that, by the who's way? Who's no uh, one. Well, well, we believe that it's a it's a little bit of hacking. You know, someone uh, someone has hacked the website and put him into the squad or something like that, but or some kind of pr a prank somewhere along the line. But um, but no, it's definitely not him. He United have confirmed he does not play for the football club. Um, but uh, but but more than that, it's it's just you know that's kind of part of the running joke, isn't it? It's about wait, are you going to go to China and find a player playing out there that uh, that you know played in the Premier League once upon a time? May United have done that before, haven't they? You know, brought in a loan signing, so you could go and look for a, a player that's just off the radar. But then what's the point? Like you want players that help you push. The, the button and the level. What I will say is this, is that you're only like one minute away from losing your Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, mm -hmm. like Arsenal. And then you have to do something different. Luckily for Arsenal, they've got Nketiah and they can carry on doing it. With Man United, this is the thing now. If you lose Martial, what do you do in there? Well, then you have to move Rashford in there. But then Rashford is playing really well off the left. So you're kind of losing the goals from that side of the pitch. It's all about mix and match, isn't it? So let's wait and see. I, I do think that that United will want to do a lot more due diligence on who they bring in as a centre forward. But this is intrinsically linked now to the ownership, you know, about where, where the club's going in terms of money. There's not many cash reserves, Scott. We've known that for a long time. And I think that the Gakpo deal, the reason why it fell through is because Man United were sitting on their hands trying to squeeze the deal. And as they tried to squeeze, Liverpool just came in, fired all the shots off, took the player and he's now going to be getting presented in a Liverpool shirt. We'll say just end on Gakpo. We knew he was coming for his medical in England, and we all automatically assumed he was coming to United because that was kind of that was what was being said. He was coming to England for a medical. So we were like, well, Liverpool are not involved here, are they? Oh, yes, they are. Oh, yes, he's going to Liverpool. So that all kind of changed very quickly. Let's hope that Man United's next signing doesn't follow that route. Yeah. Let unless, unless it's Memphis. If Memphis wants to go to Anfield, then I'll be all right with that. <laughs> Would you take Memphis Depay back at United for a second spell? Let us know in the comments or on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promisan MU for the show. Plenty to dis plenty to uh, take from that. We've had a long discussion, Rob, about the match itself, the transfer dealings, the transfer failings, and that, I suppose that's another thing, isn't it? You just think United are moving on starting to turn a corner and then you get like one of these blows around the head which makes you think oh the United haven't really changed but we'll see what happens uh, in the next it's worth mentioning the transfer transfer window has not even opened yet we're still at no. December 28th as we record this so there's another month plus of this there's plenty of time for United to sort themselves out let's just hope everyone can stay fit in the meantime uh, you can subscribe wherever you get your pods on Apple Google Spotify and the likes and watch us on Tuesdays and Fridays twice a week on YouTube as well. So head over to the channel, like, subscribe, join the community and leave a comment, as I just said. And I also just read out the Twitters at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise MU for the show. Uh, Rob, happy new year. Uh, hope you have a great evening. I hope United win and they beat Wolves to give it a happy new year for all of their fans. Uh, listeners, I hope you had a lovely holiday season. And uh, wish you a happy new year as well. We'll be back in the new year, I believe, just after. I think we'll be back to our usual schedule from the new year from next week. So, um, yeah, plenty going on. Rob, thanks again. Any final thoughts? No, again, I think I said it last week when we talked about Christmas. But yes, happy new year to all our, 
our listeners, our viewers and our audiences. You know, I think we, we really enjoy doing the promised land and kind of putting our opinions out there for you guys. But we, we love it when you interact and kind of tell us. It gives us good direction as well, doesn't it, on Twitter and, and in the comments. So please try and comment more on the shows on, on uh, YouTube. We love all that. Just be able to read it and see what you guys are thinking. Uh, and yes, and please keep supporting the show because we do not do this talking to nobody. We're doing it for you guys to talk to you and to talk about the football club that we love. Thanks, everyone. Happy New Year, and let's hope Man United beat Wolves. Thanks for listening. See you soon. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.